I like your background. That's cool. Just uh, it, it, there's a whole story behind that, but I'll save that for another time over a whiskey. No, I'm sure that there is, but that's, that's, I mean, I've been working on mine for like a while. And so that's, that's really cool. That would have been a lot easier than this. Like you said, a drink over whiskey type of thing. Sheila doesn't drink, but if we need to, we can go grab our whiskeys. I can drive. Yeah. Sheila will be the DD, (laughs) the Zoom DD. This is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. Welcome, thank you, thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Entrepreneurs dream, plan, and envision what they want in life and business. The difference successful entrepreneurs have is that they do all they can today to make things happen. Just like Winston Churchill once said, I like it when things happen, and when they don't happen, I like to make them happen. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Steve Sims, who knows how to make things happen. Do you know anyone that's worked with Sir Elton John or Elon Musk? sent people down to see the wreck of the Titanic on the seabed, or closed a museum in Florence for a private dinner party and then had Andrea Bocelli serenade them while they were eating their pasta? Well, that's who you're gonna be listening to today. Quoted as the real life Wizard of Oz by Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, Steve Sims is a best-selling author with Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, sought after coach and a speaker at a variety of networks, groups and associations, as well as the Pentagon and Harvard twice. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Steve will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose how to step out of your comfort zone and how to redefine the word impossible. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to submit your question or story, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backends, bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes.
Now on to our expert, Steve Sims, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy backend question submitted by one of our listeners. I have a dream, and I'm not sure how to make it happen, especially since my family and friends keep telling me it's impossible. How can I make my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal, happen and prove them all wrong? Wow. Okay. Well, for a start, thanks for having me on the show. And there's a couple of triggers in there for a start. Have you ever noticed that you have these, and I love the big hag, uh, the B-hag uh, that you called it. I love that. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that you have these dreams or you need advice and nine times out of 10, you go to people that actually have no credibility to answer it. And then you validate the dream's plausibility on them. It's like the people that go to the pub and go, hey, I want to make a million. How would you do it? And you've got the guy at the end of the bar that's never made 10 bucks in his life sitting there <laughs> giving you advice. Right. So start, you've got to understand, and there's a catch to this, which I'm really pleased that you've already validated. For a start, always ask yourself, am I asking the right people the right question? Okay, so you've got this dream. The people that you're asking the question to, could they ever achieve this dream? Are they a right, the right people to do it? You see, as entrepreneurs, we often feel as though we don't fit in until we realize we were never designed to. We were actually designed to be the awkward ones. We were designed to be the creative disruptors. We were born to be aggravated. And I've, uh, I'm a great believer, and you talk about, you live in Arizona, a good friend of mine, Joe Polish, lives over there, and he openly says, it's aggravated oysters that make pearls. The fact that the person that's asked this question, how do I prove these people wrong, already tells me that she's aggravated, and that's a good sign. It's the people that listen to those people, they're the ones in danger, okay? Because quite often... We're in the wrong room. So the first thing I'm going to tell the person that asked this question is make sure you're asking the right people that question. And the right people won't belittle you. They won't laugh at you. Also, they won't cheerlead you. You don't want the people going, oh, you can do it. That's great. That's wonderful. Good for you. Who cares about those? Those people are cheerleaders. Stick them by the wayside. The people that you really want in your life when you're asking that dream are the challengers. They're the people that go, so why do you want that dream? How are you going to do it? What's your first step to making it happen? Why is it important to you? Those are people that will help you refine your mission. And let me make it very, very clear for you. The people that you are asking at the moment that are peeing you off, aggravating you, annoying you, they don't want you to succeed mm -hmm. for fear of validation that they never can. Right. So I love the question because it reveals both angles in it. Right. I love that so much because, you know, so many times we do that to ourselves, don't we? We ask the wrong people the wrong things. And your, those questions, those challenging questions actually made me uncomfortable. And the first thing I thought was the only place that you can achieve those goals is when you're outside of that comfort zone. 
And the people who ask you those questions, like Nate does this to me, I, I, we'll talk about something and he'll like call me out on it. And it makes me a better person. It makes me step outside of my comfort zone, which I, I hate being outside of my comfort zone. But the fact is, is that when you get outside of it and you live there for a little while, that becomes your new comfort zone. So, if, you know, you hang out with, you know, Andrew, Andrea Buccelli and, you know, Elton John. And so that's your comfort zone. It would be uncomfortable for me for a minute, but I would get used to it, I think. <laughs> You'd put up with it. I would yeah, for a minute. I'm a, I'm a great believer that you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, when you're comfortable, there's no growth, okay? You're kind of, oh, this is my sandpit. These are my people. This is where I live. This is where I breathe. No growth comes from it. Have you noticed that success doesn't come from success? Success comes from when things go wrong. When you lose money, you realize what you did wrong to make sure you don't lose it again. When you trip over a curb, you realize where that curb is and you never trip over it again. So your growth and success comes from failures. It comes from when things don't look good. It comes from being in a bad relationship. I would say at the ripe old age of 55, I'm quite comfortable and I've got good relationships and I've got a successful business because I've probably failed more times than most people that are listening to this podcast have. I've trusted bad relationships. I believed in people's word over that contract. I believed in the wrong people. I've asked the wrong people. There's an age old saying that experience comes three seconds after you needed it. That's what happens when things go wrong. You suddenly become experienced that, oh, hell, I shouldn't have done that. Do you stop or do you use that as your education? See, I'm a great believer that those failures, mistakes, mishaps, uh, those times when you, you, you fail catastrophically, they're there to refine you, not define you. I like that. Refine you, not define you. Absolutely. The refiner's fire, as we, you know, that analogy that we've heard about, just like you said, the, the oysters and the, like, what do we want to be? Do we want to be diamonds? Do we want to be those sharp swords? Do we want to be the pearls or do we want to be the oyster? <laughs> do we want to be a piece of sand? You know, do we want to just be a rock uh, or do we want to be, the the things that people are fighting over and so no i love that that's that's brilliant um i have a question for you steve yeah. so um tell me what it is and this is just completely out of the blue but you seem like the kind of person that probably has done this but when you were a little boy what did you want to be when you grew up and is that where you are or did that help you get to where you are like by molding you as you change through the years? Uh, no, uh, is the answer is the answer to that question. And to give you a better answer, it should have been thankfully. No. Um, <laughs> as I grew up, uh, I was a sixties child. So I spent the seventies and eighties growing up. I didn't have Instagram to show me how inadequate my life was. So I didn't have all that kind of like vile, toxic kind of social uh, behavior and communication in air quotes that we have today. I just knew I wanted something better. 
I didn't know what it was going to be. And funny enough, I remember seeing a movie once of a fireman, and I was a very fit, strong... I used to do kickboxing. In fact, I used to fight for a British team. So I was pretty good at it. I was pretty focused. I was pretty fit. I wanted to be a fireman, but I wore glasses. And I had gone through the whole training of the day, and I was like the top of it. I was carrying stuff. I was running stuff. I was going through the smoke tunnels. I was great until just after lunch, they went, hey, we noticed that you wear glasses. And I went, yeah. And they went, you're out. And I was like, what? And they were like, you know, and I was like, I'll get contact lenses. And I remember them saying to me, can you imagine what it looks like when contact lenses melt onto your eyeballs? And I was like, yeah, that's not good. And they went, sorry, mate. I under- and I remember going home and crying. So had I had got what I had dreamt of going for when I was a kid, I wouldn't be out there now being able to phone up Sir Elton John and the Pope. You know, so the bottom line of it is I was aggravated that I never got what I wanted. But then it was kind of like, this can't be it. There's got to be something better than this. And understand, Elon Musk invented PayPal because he couldn't understand why it took five days to wire money from one U.S. bank to another U.S. bank. Why would it take five days? He invented PayPal that it could be done in three seconds. So he gave himself the solution to something that aggravated him. Me, I was constantly in pubs as a, as a teenage boy going, well, everyone in here is, is broke. No one's got any goals. And then I suddenly realized that I was the combination of that room. They always say that you're the combination of the five people you, you hang around with. Mm. I'm looking at all of these people going, well, I don't like these people, but I'm one of them. So I had to change my room. So it was my aggravation and my search, my lust, my demand to be better that got me in a lot of trouble, got me educated by going through a ton of jobs that I was ill-qualified to do to finally in my 30s to start getting my, my stride on as to what was my unicorn. So had I got what I wanted to be when I was a kid, I'd still be in London, it would still be raining, and I'd be running into fires, which I'm quite pleased I'm not doing. <laughs> yeah, that's something uh, I think uh, a lot of firemen and uh, people that you know help fight fires, they, they want to protect and help those, but I don't think anyone actually wants to get burnt and contact no. melting to their eyes and all of that stuff. I don't think anyone actually wants that. <laughs> At least none that I know of. I know no. of fighters yeah none of them want that um yeah absolutely so you know we we've mentioned it a little bit just more once or twice we've kind of given a little tease um to our listeners here but you you've mentioned you know elton john and the pope and, and those type of things i know you have a million wonderful stories about just doing what other people have said are impossible you know, like reaching out to these people. Do you mind sharing just one of those stories really quickly? So, uh, yeah. Um, and to put it in context, my search to be better meant that I had to change the room I was in without realizing it. By changing the room I was in, I actually ended up doing parties and events. So I ended up launching the world's first experiential concierge firm. So I was constantly bombarded with wishes and 
requests from very, very rich and wealthy people. One of these people said to me once, I need to have a dining experience in Florence. Uh, it's going to be the first time I meet my future mother-in-law and father-in-law. You have to show them how powerful and connected I am. So I was like, yeah, okay, fine. First lesson, never, ever give a client what they ask for. <laughs> give them what they want, lust, and desire for. Yes. Two different things, okay? Amazon satisfies your demands. Yeah. But Amazon will never create. You'll never get an email from Amazon going, hey, I saw you pick that toilet roll. That's nice, but would you prefer this one because it's softer? You'll never get those emails. Those yeah. are transactional companies. So I realized very early on that I was paid to dream and disrupt. I realized that. So when the client asked me, hey, I want to do this, I knew he had the paycheck because he was a longtime client with me. I knew he had the checkbook to cover anything I could come up with. So what I decided to do was to see how stupid I could take a dining experience in Florence. So this is what I did. I took over the Academia de Galleria. That's the museum that houses Michelangelo's David. I set up a table of six at the feet of the most iconic statue in the planet. And at nine o'clock in the evening, I had the doors of the museum open. I had the clients walk in. And they had a shrink quartet, they had David, and they had a meal by one of the top chefs in Tuscany while they looked over this brilliant view. Halfway through the pasta, I came into the meal. I asked permission to have a local singer come in to serenade them during their pasta. They agreed, and I walked in with Andrea Bocelli to <laughs> serenade them during that meal. So you said the word which I love and I hate. That's the word impossible, because yeah. if you think it's impossible, you're right, mm -hmm. okay? So when a client says to me, oh, this is impossible, I love it, because mm -hmm. he's already set his sights lower than mine, because yeah. he's already visualized it can't happen. If someone says to you, hey, you know, Nate, do this for me, it's impossible, but do it. If you can't achieve it, or let's be serious, if you don't even try to achieve it, right. he was right. Therefore, it hasn't failed on you. It hasn't made you look bad. Right. By a client coming to me, someone that doesn't recognize the word impossible, I know that I can already break your, your ceiling because I go for stupid. People go, and I hate this, they go for the impossible. You've heard that term before. That's like saying, go for a brick wall. Go for a dead end. Right. Go something that you've already in your head established can't be achieved. That makes no sense to me, okay? So what I do is I go for stupid. Whenever I go for anything, this is what I teach my clients in my coaching. This is what I teach people when I'm on stage. This is what I teach people in my private community, Sims Distillery, shallow plug. I teach people to go for what's laughable. Go for a goal that is utterly, stupendously stupid so that people will physically and visually look at it and go, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's at that point that they will laugh at you a couple of seconds before they applaud in awe. And beg to come with you. Beg. Do you know, it's, the, it's funny the amount of time. When I first got my contract to work on Elton John's Oscar party, <coughs> I remember talking to a few people and saying, look, 
blah, blah, blah. There's this event. I want to get involved in it. I think I can shake it up. I think I can disrupt it. I think it could be a good thing for me. I think it could be a good thing for Sorrell and John. And I had a lot of people laughing at me. I was absolutely not stunned. The first year of my eight-year contract with Sorrell and John that that first year I had those exact same people asking me for tickets to get into that party. <laughs> the ones that laughed you out of... The ones that laughed at me. The ones that laughed at me with the first ones, they went, oh, well done, Steve. That's fantastic. Hey, you know, hey, buddy, you know, we've known each other for years, so how do I, how do I get into that? It was hysterical, but they were the first ones to actually ask me. I was stunned because I thought they may have asked the second year or they may have been like, you know, some of the latter requested, but no, these were the first people that knocked on the door going, hey, well done, now give. It was hysterical. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I love that. I, I agree with you. I love and hate that word impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, there are plenty of things in my life. Uh, like when I was a, when I was a kid, my, all the doctors, all these professionals, you know, have way more wisdom and knowledge than I did. They said, no, Nate, you're never going to walk again. You know, you're not going to be able to drive a car, you know, all these things. And I was like, challenge accepted. Like, let's let's bring this on. And, and they were like, no, you're not going to do this. Like, it's not going to happen. And I, I had a deal. I, I made a bet with one of my brothers because at the time, like, I was I was a German sports car fan. And I said, I am going to own my own BMW M3 by the time I turn 25. And my brother laughed at me and he goes, I'll bet you money on that. That is not going to happen. I said, cool. And long story short, on my 23rd birthday, I signed the papers for an M3. So beat him by two years and <laughs> I still got that car. It's, you know, nine years later and never buy a German car, by the way. <laughs> you don't want spend money left and right. It's not impossible to keep it going for nine years, but it's tough. So, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all about that mindset, you know? And I like what you, what you said, changing it is be stupid. Just like, what is a stupid goal where people are yep. going to say, Oh, that is stupid. And it's, yep. Let me do that. Let yeah, me that. That's the best thing to go. go for. So people go for what they can achieve. Yeah. And the daft thing is, if you've never worked with the Pope, if you've never worked with Elon Musk, if you've never closed down a museum, if you've never sent people down to the Titanic, if you've never spoken on a stage of 20,000 people, then how do you know that's achievable? Right. So, but if you were going to go for a stupid goal, hey, those would be good stupid goals to go for, wouldn't they? And, and as, as Sheila was saying earlier, the second you start achieving something that's laughable, something that's stupid, that's your new normal. That's your new benchmark. And the more times you do it, like I got turned down billions of times. I don't get turned down a lot now because I've already got a track record of pulling off stupid experiences and doing amazing experiences. So, you know, I say go for stupid. Hey, let people laugh at you. And as you were saying, Nate, use that as a fuel. Use that as turbocharged rocket fuel for you to prove them wrong. Because the sad people are the ones to go, yeah, you're right, I can't, and I'm not going to try. Mm. That's the sad thing. If you're aggravating in your gut, if you demand more for, you, for yourself, understand the first thing you've got to do 
is demand a different room. That could be as simple as listening to a podcast like this. It could be like joining a Facebook group. It could be like joining a mastermind group. But understand, if you're aggravated and you want great things out of yourself and you're feeling like you don't fit into your environment, you weren't meant to. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely yeah. being in a room with people who are smarter than you and always reaching that higher level. But my question to you is, so I'm 51, mother of five, just got married last October. He's got five kids. So we are ready to be empty nesters. Now we've got two left at home. They're 17. Get ready to move out. And you're like, do these stupid goals, reach for these big things to close down the museum. How do you even come up with those ideas? Because for me, I'm like sitting here thinking, what would be my big idea? Um, you know, speaking on a stage to 20,000 would be amazing to be able to, you know, inspire women to overcome their challenges and stuff would be incredible. Um, having people like you on our podcast, which it's true though, everybody I've ever asked to be on the, on the podcast or, you know, that I thought would never say yes has said yes. So you first off, if you don't ask, the question is always no. Uh, the answer is always no, but how do you come up with these great ideas to, um, you know, achieve all of these big things? So have you ever gone to bed and gone, okay, I'm going to have a really good dream tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Have you really? Or have you just gone to bed and had a really good dream? That's usually the case. Usually. Yeah. Well, there are some times where I'm drunk enough. I think I can control my dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your dreams have no parameters. Your dreams are you're flying on a, on a magic carpet, you know, across the beach of Malibu, and then you turn left and you're in New York City. Your dreams make no sense, okay? And they shouldn't because they've got no parameters. They've got no ceilings. They've got no restrictions of this thing called logic and sensibility. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing when people turn around and you can ask people this. You say to someone, hey, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And they may go, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'd love to play piano with Sir Elton John. They will give you that dream in two seconds and then watch them. They'll go, Oh, but I don't know how to get hold of it. I can't even play the piano. Why would he want to play the piano with me? Oh, it's never going to happen. We excuse ourselves out of our dream. You see, when we dream a dream, there's no one there to laugh at us. There's no one there to point fingers and judge us. But we're in a judgmental world now. We're in a world now where there's TV shows that are built to laugh at us. You know, Americans' funniest video. We see someone fall over. What's the first thing we do? We laugh at them. Then maybe we help them up, okay? But the first reaction is we laugh at them. We love to ridicule people. We're in a more evil, toxic society now where we're scared of what we said six years ago on Twitter that could come back, that could be used against us in the Me Too campaign, Black Lives Matter, uh, racism, uh, ignorance, you know, it could be taken out of context, but it could, what did we wear to that fancy dress party in 1999 that there may be a picture of? Right. Okay. We're scared. We're terrified to have a conversation. We're also terrified to look stupid. Like I could say to you, Nate, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? I'm going to guarantee. Now we don't know each other very well. 
Okay? Not very well at all. <laughs> but the point is, you may have a dream in your head, but that's your dream. Mm -hmm. You don't want to reveal it to me. Because, hey, that's me getting into your soul. It's getting into your core. So you may want to give me a dream that makes you sound a little bit maybe smarter, maybe a bit more daring. You'll give me the tip of that iceberg of your dream. And that's the danger we've got today. So when you say, hey, and Sheila says, hey, I want to do this, but, you know, I don't know. Start. I had a client that wanted to get married in the Vatican by the Pope. Okay? Would the first thing to do not be contact someone in Italy? Or would it be to phone up someone in Idaho? <laughs> what, what would be the smart choice? Italy. Okay? That's what I did. I phoned people up in Italy. Hey, how you doing? Do you know anyone at the Vatican? No. All right. Hope the kids are well. Hope the fluffy, the cat's fine. Chat with you again. Hey, do you know anyone in the Vatican? Yes, I do. Great. Can you make an introduction? That person was a dead end, but put me on to somebody else. Right. You see, the thing is, get going, then get good. Yeah. But too many of us sit there and we try to analyze and we try to do a PowerPoint presentation and build up a, a pie graph and then a then a life uh, a lifeline of and the funnels that it's gonna and the steps it's gonna take to fail. The bottom line of it is if you can put your dream on anything larger than a stamp, you're overthinking it. Put it on a stamp, get going. Just do it. Fail. Hey, I learned that's a dead end. Get going down there. Stop worrying and stop thinking. Start doing. I love that so much. So Nate and I, this is episode 100, 115. And for 114 episodes, we've talked about having Taco Bell as one of our sponsors. <laughs> I vote, Nate, that we make a call. That is our goal. That we're gonna we're going to have Taco Bell as a sponsor. I think that's a goal that we both want. It would be super cool to have Taco Bell as a sponsor. <laughs> and I totally believe that that's possible. And the other thing I believe is possible is that I can actually come up with a dream that I that I that is a stupid dream. I haven't actually thought about it. I talked myself out of even thinking about the possibility of having a stupid dream. I'm really good at talking myself out of things. I know nobody else in the world is, but I'm really good at. <laughs> I can talk myself out of anything. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, challenge our listeners, and I'm gonna do this myself. Is that in the next seven days, I'm going to come up with a dream that other people may think is possible, impossible, that I will just get up and do. I, I love this, Steve. I think that you are incredibly, um, I'm having an Alzheimer's moment, uh, inspirational to first off, get us out of our seat and out of our comfort zone and get us excited about something that's fun and something that we really want to accomplish. And um, so I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Absolutely brilliant, in my opinion. I'm I'm going to meet Andre Bocelli one day. He's a Man. lovely fella. Man, he's a good singer. And his son, I just get chills yes. when I hear them sing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great pianist as well, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Steve, I loved having you on today. I love the energy that you brought and 
the ideas and mindsets that, you know, nothing is impossible. Some things are just stupid, but that mean that doesn't mean it can't be done. You know, there are plenty of stupid people out there doing stuff in this world. So why can't we be one of them? You know? Yep. Uh, yep. Steve, uh, I know that our audience and our listeners have loved you as well. If they want to hear more about you and where you're, what you're doing and what you've got to offer, where can they find more of you? Uh, I've got a free Facebook group called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. Uh, yet if you want to chat with me on a regular basis and join my community, I do live AMAs and Q&As on a, on a monthly, uh, on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, join simsdistillery.com. Or if you want to just stalk me and check out what I'm into, Steve D. Sims, S-I-M-S. There's only one M in Sims. SteveDSims.com or Steve D. Sims on Instagram, and you'll get to see what I'm getting up to. And your uh-huh. new book, Bluefish. Yeah, right? so we got, well, Bluefishing's actually been out about two and a half years now. Um, oh. <laughs> but here's the us. thing. It's new to you, but I'm writing my next book now, which may surprise you, is called Go for Stupid. Oh, I, love <laughs> I, love it. It. I love it. Perfect. Go for yeah. stupid. Yeah. So they can I'm also get the links. St- yeah. Sorry. They can also get the links on our website. We'll make sure all of those links are there as well, too. So. Yep. Perfect. I'm going to go for stupid. I think all of you should, too. It's going to be great. Thanks, Steve, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. to today's episode of the messy back end we know we know you can't get enough of us so have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event visit the slash speaking and send us your event details it's true we love speaking and we also want to thank our sponsor yes women's network where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. So I was able to dance and somebody filmed it and sent it to me. And it's to the song Hurts So Good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just like so fantastic and I was like sometimes dancing hurts but it feels so good now that it's legal again and people oh, that's awesome. yeah so. okay.